And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Law. Welcome to episode 92 of the Keith Law Show. I am going to be joined today by Jonathan Higgs, lead singer and songwriter of the fantastic British art rock, art pop band, Everything Everything. However you describe them, I am a big fan. Very excited about this interview. Just some quick administrative stuff first. I put up a ranking last week, or I guess a week and a half ago now by the time this is live, ranking the top 100 prospects in this year's MLB draft class. I can tell you that already needs to change. Players keep playing, players get hurt, players get better, but that should at least get the conversation started. I think it did. We had a lot of good comments under that article. And uh, I have been answering some more of those questions and will be doing a chat fairly soon to try to catch up on that. And we'll also be doing a mock draft. Uh, We're targeting around May 19th, give or take a day. Uh, depending on what else is scheduled for the site, but that's what we're looking at. That'll be my first projection for the first round of this year's MLB draft, which, by the way, begins on July 17th and will be held in Los Angeles after the Futures game. It is pretty early to do a mock draft. I will have all kinds of caveats around it, but we'll just give you the the best I have based on the limited public information and just my general sense of what teams are likely to target in this year's draft class. I do also have a minor league scouting notebook following up on a couple of recent games I saw with some Nationals, Orioles, Red Sox, and Rays prospects uh, who I caught all in uh, high A and low A over the past couple of weeks. You can all see all of that if you are a subscriber to The Athletic. If you are not already following me on social media, I am on Twitter at Keith Law, on Facebook at Keith Law Writer, even on Counter Social. I know a few of you have migrated over there from Twitter at Keith Law. There's nothing new there that I'm not also putting on Twitter. I'm just cross-posting the same stuff to both sites. Well, now it is my great pleasure to be joined by John Hicks, uh, the lead singer and main songwriter for the English art rock band we'll talk about that label in a segment that's what wikipedia calls you guys the band is everything everything their new album raw data feel comes out on may 20th i've been a fan for a very long time so john thank you so much for joining me today i am very glad to be here thanks so art rock do you like that label i find it's very difficult when i try to describe to my readers what everything everything sounds like and i often simply say you sound very british which I mean is a compliment. I don't know if everyone would necessarily see it that way, but I feel like there is a certain style uh, that's a little more experimental. Or very, I, I often think of your music as very ambitious. 
um, which again, okay. I think is a good thing. But how do you respond to people trying to, you know, we all try to categorize, but where, how do you describe ASPF collection? How do you describe your own music? I think art rock is fine. I think we probably draw more from pop than we do rock though. So I might say art pop is a slightly more accurate, although, you know, we're guys with guitars. So I guess we are a rock band. So it's, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I usually say up, up these days, but it's um, been co-opted by Lady Gaga in the last <laughs> decade. So it threw, threw me off a bit. Same thing, right? You're, yeah. you guys, Lady Gaga, it's same, exactly the same genre. Yeah, it's kind of similar. <laughs> well, I first discovered your music, actually a reader of mine, uh, Paul, shout out to Paul, thank you. When I was uh, commenting on the first Alt-J album, when that first came out, I was like, this is amazing. I've never heard anything like this. And at the time, I thought of them as very much more experimentally ambitious. They've kind of gone in a more pop direction since then. He said, hey, if you like that, check out Everything Everything, and he sent yeah. uh, some YouTube links because we couldn't even get, ARC was the album at the time, couldn't even stream it in the United States back when you know, Spotify was kind of just getting going. Yeah. And it was the, uh, it, there was I loved it immediately. And what I particularly liked was the very frenetic pace. So cough, Cough, and Kimosabi were the two songs for folks who want to go check them out. Um, those were the two that were out at the time. Loved them immediately and could not believe there was just a, the best word I can think of is density to both of those songs, both musically, especially lyrically. Like you were just trying to pack as many words as you could into yeah. every line of both of those songs. And again, that's to me, that's ambitious. That's but you're trying to do something more. And even as you're musically, I think you guys have really changed, involved album to album. That's been a pretty constant thing. So we'd love to hear from you sort of what is your your lyrical approach. Do you feel like it's changed now? We're going on about a decade since that, uh, since that. Yeah, album. I guess it's, um, I never tried to make it, uh, to force it. That was just kind of where I naturally found myself. Um, I guess it's been a process of trying to simplify and trying to take stuff out as time goes on, but I do allow myself to sort of go full hog every now and again on a song you know, every every album that will have a few songs that feel like that. But I also don't, I don't really know how to, to write in other ways. I, I'm always feel like every song could have twice as many lyrics in it because there's so much, there's so many ways you can combine and recombine language. I always feel as though there's, I could put something else in here that would uh, interest me. So it's always a mission to try and do less, get the same thing across with less. Um, but I also enjoy sometimes just putting it all in, mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> there were, there's certain lines of yours that have always stuck out like, um, in Kimosabi, I've genuflected in a penitent way. And part of me was like, mm -hmm. I don't know that I've ever heard those two words combined in any song ever, Never mind in the same actual line, right? But to put those right. two, and the line in Cough Cough that got me, I wouldn't even try to imitate your falsetto, which is legendary. Um, but uh, when that eureka moment hits you like a cop car, and mm. again, just like incredible, it's not just the combination of words, but that is such a concrete image. And this is, I swear I'm talking like my high school literature teacher, but we don't, there's not a lot of imagery in 
rock lyrics, pop lyrics, whatever. And you really tend towards a lot of concrete imagery, regardless of the song type, tempo, whatever, so that I, at least as a listener, feel very invested in what you're saying and create, can see images in my mind. And I, I was curious if you had certain, you mentioned being a fan of language too. Do you find that that, like, do, are there other songwriters or poets or authors you draw from? Is this just kind of how you're sort of, it may just be the way that you think when you start putting thoughts on the page? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I, I like other lyricists. Um, grew up with Paul Simon in my ear mm -hmm. a lot. He's one of the best. Mm -hmm. um, Beatles, I mean, that's pretty varied, but John Lennon can be quite... Well, actually, he, he it's a weird... He, I was going to say he can be, do quite a lot of imagery, but he also la latterly just went really back to basics, didn't he? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, people always ask me this, and I don't really know. I um, pick up things people say in conversation a lot, and I put them into songs. Um, but a lot of it just sort of... Uh, appears really and just sort of falls out um i guess i've maybe i'm a visual more than anything i think about images a lot so i guess i'm describing them mm -hmm. i'd really like to make films that's i often think that i'm making music because i can't make films <laughs> right now um so i put characters into songs i put images into songs um and the songs are almost like the soundtracks i i don't know if that's accurate yeah but that's what i've been thinking recently yeah uh, it makes sense i mean if people ask where i learned to write i mean I write, i'm a sports writer mostly and they say mm -hmm. we, you know i could tell them hey i really love you, know, I can, you can see our books all over here in the room here but, but yeah i love graham green and evelyn waugh and but it, that's not showing up in my writing directly i don't yeah, think exactly. i don't remember graham green writing about sports ball but at the same time, yeah. I feel like everything you read probably influences, everything I read probably influences okay. me in some way. Oh, yeah. Um, I give that advice when I've spoken to students. I taught a class recently. So if you want to be a better writer, you, you've got to read and you've just got to read variety. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know, you do like it, not like it, fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is, just keep reading. Because you said you're a fan of language and I love that because I feel like I am too. And I don't get yeah. the opportunity to play with words enough, but I love it. And I more, you know, I sort of vicariously live through folks like you who do get to play with words and you can yeah. move them around. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But sometimes you strike these, like the two examples I just gave, these lines that I just think are absolutely brilliant. And 10 years later, still stick with me. And honestly, those are lines that bring me back to the songs as much as the strong melodies do, which I, like I said, greatly appreciate. Cool. Um, so the new album, like I said, called Raw Data Feel, uh, it, maybe this is a little too obvious of a question, but are you implying in the uh, album title there too that you were trying to go for a more electronic sound? I mean, I go, I'm through one listen of the entire album. I've heard the, what, five singles you've put out so far. And the only thing I would say is, yep, that sounds like everything, everything. That is very much, <laughs> right? You, no yeah. one sounds quite like you, but each of those five songs has kind of, I think it's five so far, each has brought something slightly different also where, you know, I want to sit with the album for a while. But generally my experience with your albums is they're much, they're cohesive listens when you put them all together. If you listen to individual singles, I may like them all, but it's hard to find ways to tie them together. So did you feel, was there a specific yeah. theme here um, that is implied in the title? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the title, we, I mean, the title was the last thing to come, I mm. guess, because um, it wasn't like I set out to make an electronic sounding album. I mean, I didn't set out to make it sound anything particular mm -hmm. because um, I'm less concerned with that than I used to be. And also Alex in the band produced the record. So it was really, he could take it with whatever direction he wanted. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the title, I, I, we got to the end of the, of the album and we were looking at the songs and I was thinking this is, there's quite a lot of emotion in this. There's quite a lot of uh, technology stuff going on. You know, I use the AI to write some of the lyrics and we've got an AI generated front cover. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also songs about relationships with computers in different ways. And I wanted something that gave you a sense of emotion kind of meeting um computers really and it just felt right the raw i wanted raw data to be used somehow and it just felt like the most natural thing is to stick feel on the end in fact it was it was feeling mm -hmm. and then i i was trying to mock up an album cover to get the other guys in the band excited and i had raw data i didn't really have room for feeling so i just <laughs> and said that anyway and they went oh that's even better so yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of meaning to, to the title, but really, I wanted the something very obviously to do with technology and to do with emotion. So that just felt like how how much more simple can I can I make this? So how much of the AI generated lyrics ended up making it on the album? I've read a little bit about what you've you've fed in. You could talk about that if you want. What you fed into the I would say AI. like yep. ten percent, mm. if that not not very much at all mm -hmm. um but um i decided early on i wasn't going to say what's what so that people never <laughs> dismiss a line and they never fully trust a line is me they'll always think oh maybe that was made by made by ai you know and i really like that about it if some if people like a line you take credit for it right and if you don't like it, that it was the bot yeah i mean there's very like i say there isn't actually that much but mm -hmm. You'd be surprised which lines are are his, as it were. Do you find that um, again, sort of a, a nebulous question, a little bit about the songwriting too? But I said earlier, I find that you, you sound like you sound. There is a very specific everything, everything sound. A lot of that is your vocals, also. Uh, sure. But when you guys, you guys have had pretty consistently. It's two to two and a half years, more or less, between albums, which also I appreciate too because it drives me nuts. I love this band. This band's album's great. Six years before we get the next one. I know it's not that easy. It's not like me churning out a column, but I want more. Obviously, I like that. I like that. Give me more of this, and and yet every time, like I said, it sounds to me like you are doing something very different musically. I'm thinking specifically here, where even if it always sounds like your band. You're exploring something different. You're riffing on maybe a different original idea. I'm curious how that actually plays out in the songwriting process, especially in the collaborative side. Do you, are you going in with specific ideas or are saying this this album is going to go in this direction, this album is going to go in this direction? Is it more organic, which is what I imagine in my head because of the experimental nature that you guys are just, mm. I, I picture the four of you just being fountains of ideas that eventually get winnowed down. Yeah, into an that's album. not as that's not as fun as it may sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I mean, yeah, we do set these little, well, Alex and I write the songs okay. for start, so there's really only two of us. Um, we do set ourselves these little challenges for albums. So we will say, well, when we got to Get to Heaven, we said mm -hmm. no sad songs. Ah. Um, I think we, we said, well, I think maybe we said there's only one allowed or something like that, <laughs> which is actually the same rule we had for the most recent for raw days to feel. Um, or it's like, we're going to try and write dance music bangers, which is kind of what we said for Fever Dream, things like that. Yeah. Um, but really, I think there's like an unspoken rule is that we just, we, neither of us, none of us want to repeat ourselves in any way. So whenever I'm writing something, anything, I, I'm trying to do something I've never done. I, I never want to repeat myself. And I think Alex is the same. So that's why you'll get this vastly changing sea of stuff. It's because we just, we're not happy repeating ourselves. And if, if, if we find that we have been, it just doesn't make it to the record, mm. you know? Do you find it's a simple trap? Not because we're like draconian about it. it. Just it's just there's no point in doing it. Um, it's not very interesting to just do the same thing. So even if you think you know Bad Friday sounds like cough cough, it probably does. You know, or something on Reanimator sounds like something on something. Mm -hmm. In our heads, we've done enough that this is something else. You know. Yeah, it always it sounds like it's made maybe of the same raw materials is how I describe it, but how they end yeah. up, you know, you could take five ingredients in the kitchen and make two completely different dishes. They're still essentially made from the same things. That's how I would describe. Yeah, it's Bad Friday sound like a little vintage everything, everything. And maybe that's why I like the song so much. Mm -hmm. Sure. But it also sounds like something different. Actually, I had the kids listen. I was driving all three girls to school this morning. I was like, I'm picking the music today and I put on the right album and I know they'll like it too, because it's fun. That's the other thing is that my daughter is the, my, um, my oldest, uh, has liked your music for a while. Obviously I have had strong influence on her musical tastes, but it's also very easy to pull people into the music, which I find interesting leads to the, and my next question was about your, I describe you guys as very British sounding what have you found in the American, this highly fractured American music market where I feel like it's, you know, we are so pop driven here. Um, have you found it difficult to kind of get across your musical vision? I'm, I'm thinking less commercial success, but even like just finding your particular niche audience here because of the kind of, um, I, I don't want to say it's, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Because your music is experimentally ambitious, I feel like we just are less receptive to that maybe because of how our how fractured our commercial market is for no, music No, I don't here. think so. I think there's bands just like us that have done really well mm -hmm. in America. And I'm continuously perplexed as to why we have them, to be honest. There's no, um, there's no, uh, it's not like Americans can't understand us or something. They can perfectly well understand Alt-J Right, you know, or glass animals, loads of bands that do really well, yeah. and for some reason we don't. So I don't know why, and I'm kind of annoyed about it. <laughs>
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Glass animals, I like glass animals. I like some of their hits. The fact that Heat Waves has been basically a hit here for a solid year now, uh, it, like it, it was a huge pop hit. And then finally tapered off eventually, as they all do over time. And then it's showing up on what we call adult contemporary radio, which unfortunately is music aimed at people my age. So I feel extremely attacked by that label. Yet the same, right. And the fact that I can listen to adult contemporary now and be like, okay, I like 30% of these songs. This is probably a bad sign as I'm approaching age 50. But I, I you know, Glass Animals to me, I was, when I first heard them, I'm like, that's too weird. Maybe that's just the word is I think of certain bands as being it's too weird for Americans to catch on to. I'm surprised all J's been as commercially successful as they have. I think they veered in that direction after the first album, too. They leaned into it um, rather than right. staying in the more experimental vein. And I always think of um, Wild Beasts, who've obviously since broken up, as another band that I loved. I thought their last album, Boy King, was their absolute peak, and then they quit. Right. <laughs> um, which I guess yeah. there's something well, to be said for going out on top underappreciated band there big time they couldn't even find a good foothold in this country and i couldn't tell you why you know yeah that album that last album still is in regular rotation for me and my family knows not to say the not to refer to anything as a big cat around the house because i will immediately right. sing top, top of, of the, the food, food chain, chain. yes yeah, yeah yeah we actually refer to pretty much anything as top of the food chain ah. uh, in the band <laughs> someone will say you know mind out or whatever yeah. and someone will shout oh, that's excellent um <laughs> speaking of cats i have read that you have a few interestingly enough i just did a, a very in-depth um questionnaire this morning or interview type thing and it, it it ended with what tell us five things about yourself and so i this is another chance for me to put on record that i actually have no cats is wikipedia lying to me yeah, and I've tried. I used to have loads. Ah. I've, I've tried to change Wikipedia like four times, and every time <laughs> it snaps back because I don't have any proof, proof. <laughs> and I don't have any cats because it's never been on record anywhere. This will serve as. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's what I mean. Um, so let it be known that I have no cats. Us. <laughs> yes. Was there was there a massacre of some sort? You just said. Oh no, no they're all well. Yeah. Most of them are still alive. Ah. Um, I, they just don't live with me anymore. I see. I see. Yeah. Um, so you are planning a U.S. tour. The first is a U.K. tour or sorry, a European tour coming. And then hopefully you'll be coming to the U.S. in the Correct. fall. That's the current plan. Is it mostly festivals? I did glance at the dates, but of course, I'm a little yeah. less familiar with the names of European festivals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Yes. Um, do you find have you toured? When, when, oh, sorry, I know you have toured. When was the last time you actually came to the U.S.? I assume before the pandemic? 
yeah, probably 2019 or 18 even? No, Gosh. I don't know, ages ago. Yeah, right, yes, the before times, as we yeah. tend to call them here. And I, I yeah. also had read some comments from you talking about the, the value of the lockdown for the writing process. Obviously, we've all sort of dealt with it the same way. I mean, I, yeah, I, in, for a while during the lockdown, I'm like, this is great. Everyone leaves me alone. I don't have to travel. My job generally requires a lot of travel. I have all this writing time. After about six months of that, that just went away. I was like, now I'm just going to futz around and waste time like I usually yeah. do, right? And, and lose, I lost my appreciation for the the potential creative value of the lockdown. I don't know if you found the same thing uh, as it continued to drag on. Um, yeah, my lockdown was was uh wasn't very nice basically um i managed to get reanimator out the door but only just um yeah i didn't i didn't really enjoy the uh i mean my life is always just being at home mm -hmm. and being by myself and writing music so this was just like that but everything else is fucked so it wasn't particularly you know exactly. it wasn't really an improvement mm -hmm. <laughs> reanimator was recorded before it was for folks who don't know it was released in september of 2020 so was it done or just in post-production before the it was world done ended? but i had to i had to then make all the videos I in lockdown ah. and i couldn't i couldn't film the band i couldn't couldn't use the band in any of the videos i had to make five you know and i couldn't leave the house right so it was quite tricky. Yes, you make little little uh, stick figures, right? <laughs> well, it was. I I, did, I used a monkey puppet for one of them, but I, I did a lot of um, animation. I learned how to use animation programs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And you're still directing all of the videos, right? That has been your. I am, but is it, well, I sort of half am. I'm. Uh, I'm not actually technically directing any of them. We're doing them with a lot of friends now, but oh. I'm sort of. But they're still sort of based in my a lot of them are based on my ideas or i'll be editing them or i'll be doing the special effects for them so really it's kind of i'm trying to open it out a bit i just want them to be good which is what i've always said yes and i, I guess i can accept that maybe someone else can do them now um Last question then is, uh, did you find that you left a lot, and I'm tying back to something that you mentioned earlier about your writing process too, but it's the album is nearly an hour long. It's 14 songs. Did you find mm. that you left a lot on the cutting room floor even with that oh, length? Nothing. Zero. Ah, amazing. There are no B-sides. There are no off-cuts. There are no um, tracks coming later for this album. This is everything we did is on there. Oh, that's great. That's great. Is that yeah. rare for you? I'm just inferring yeah. from something you said earlier. Never done that before. Yeah. We've never done that before, yeah. So this was, we couldn't decide what to leave off, what to put on. We all disagreed like never before, actually. There was always somebody who really liked one of the songs, which doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. um, or two people even. And uh, so we just said, let's do it all. Let's put it all out. And, like people think of, Get to Heaven as having something like 17 tracks, but it, in our heads, it's got 12, you know, because it's got all this extra crap put on the end. Yeah. And yet a lot of people really like the extra stuff. And so we just thought, you know what, it's worked before. Let's just put everything out, um, get it all of our, out of our system. We don't have to come back to this era. We don't have to do an EP where we put out the songs we didn't think were good. We'll just make them all good yeah, right. and put them all on. <laughs> I just, for a band that I, that I particularly like, I always find it interesting from a creative aspect. What did you think 
didn't make the album, whether you think it wasn't good enough or it just didn't fit thematically. I may still like the songs because I'm just a fan of a particular band's sound, but to me, the, where you create that line, when you do, obviously you didn't on this album, but where you cut it off and say, this came up with uh, churches. I interviewed Lauren Mayberry last year and uh, saw them in concert when they came through. And then they put out the deluxe edition of Screen Violence and one of the three or four additional songs, I thought, well, that's just as good as everything on the album. So the, I, you know, I'm always curious then, well, what did, you know, what happened that, made you in that you call it, you know, not you specifically, but generally say this song doesn't make the cut. And it sounds like sometimes it's just none of you really sort of bangs the table and says this song needs to be on there. Yeah, it, it kind of is that. Um, I would usually, personally, I would probably usually be the one that puts everything on mm -hmm. because on some level I'm invested because I've sung on it. Well, we've all played on it usually. Mm -hmm. And I put some kind of amount of emotion into what I'm singing. So I usually will vote for something to be there. And then it's it's more likely to be someone else or or everyone else <laughs> that prevents songs from, from going on records. And that's usually down to things like um, not fitting tonally. Um, but I, I mean, I, I honestly, I usually disagree. <laughs> I, usually, I usually want all my songs on, ah. all the songs on, you know. Well, at least you accomplished that with this album then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're all happy about that. My guest today has been Jonathan Higgs. He is the lead singer, main songwriter uh, of the band Everything Everything. Their latest album, Raw Data Feel, will be out on Friday, May 20th. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. That's all for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. If you're looking for even more content from me, some non-baseball things to mention, I have a review of the complex game Arc Nova up on Polygon. It is one of the best new games of the year. came out in late 2021 in Europe and just came out in the United States this spring. And also, I do have a free email newsletter, tinyletter.com slash Keith Law. I send out about two a month whenever the muse strikes me. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.